0: And I want to try to give you some very practical things this afternoon. I'm going to give you two things to be praying for, and then three things for us to know, all right? Uh, And what Paul used as, uh, I think, by way of an example here, but also to encourage this church um, in chapter 3. 2 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Let's begin reading in verse number (coughs) 1. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you and that ye may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men Uh, for all men have not faith but the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do and will do the things which we command you and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God, <coughs> excuse me, and into the patient waiting for Christ. Father, we come to you this afternoon. We've asked that you would, for the next few moments, help us to lay aside those things that consume our hearts and our minds and to put our, our attention completely upon your work. May you bless it and use it and encourage us through it. May you instruct us through it. And Father, where it's needful, I pray that conviction would be given so that we can uh, make those things right. And so, Father, we ask that we would glorify You in all that we say, all that we do here this afternoon. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Paul ends this letter of, uh, of instruction, really, to this church at Thessalonica with <coughs> a request for them to pray uh, for him. And there were a few things that he was specifically asking. And, by the way, I would just make this comment about prayer. Uh, We oftentimes uh, get to a place where we we are not real distinct in our praying. Have you noticed that? Um, We get kind of very generic uh, with our praying, and there's not a lot of specifics. I was preaching on praying a number of years ago, and in the middle of preaching, I was very convicted at how uh, anemic, how hollow it seemed like our praying gets if we're not careful. Uh, We'll begin to say... Uh, the same prayer over and over again, and it's just repetition, and we do it for the sake of doing it, and really are missing out on the uh, effectual fervency of praying, the the detailed and specific praying. And I'm not opposed to uh, unspoken prayer requests. I understand there are times that we have matters that are too personal and don't need to be shared with the crowd, but we still would like people to be praying for it, and I understand that mindset. But I think far too often, we, are not, we don't verbalize the specificness of our prayers as we should. Paul asks them to pray for Him. And he doesn't just say it that way. He doesn't say, just pray for me. He gives them several things here to pray for. And I want us to look at those things. <coughs> he says, finally, brethren, pray for us so that the word of the Lord may have free course. And he's praying, first of all, for the message that he preaches. He's saying, would you pray for us, the message that we preach, would you pray for that? That it would have, notice the phrase he uses here, free course. Oftentimes, we teach on <clears throat> being yielded to the Holy Spirit of God. We spoke a couple of weeks ago, on, uh, or even last Wednesday night, on the fact that we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and we can quench the Holy Spirit of God. And there can be some things that will... Uh, cause the Word of God to be hindered in its preaching. Sometimes it's distractions. Sometimes it's uh, burdens or the cares of our heart. Uh, oftentimes we pray here before service to help us to lay those things to the side and to, to not be focused on those things. And the reason we do that is we're saying, Lord, we want nothing to hinder the Word of God having its its full effect. To not be hindered in any way And Paul uses the phrase here to have free course. And there's two things regarding this that I think are critical. First of all, I think we need to be praying for the preaching of God's Word uh, to have free course. When we come on Sunday morning uh, or Wednesday night, I hope and I pray that you have spent some time praying, Lord, help the message to go forth in clarity and with power and with might. The second side of that is to look into our own hearts And say, Lord, are there some things in here that would cause my ears to be dull of hearing and not hear the message that you long for me to hear today? And so it's two-sided, both praying for uh, God to bless the preaching of the Word, but I believe also for Him to bless the hearing of the Word. And Paul puts all of that together, and he he kind of uh, sums it all up by saying, pray that this message, this Word of the Lord that we have, that it would have free course. That it could do exactly what the Holy Spirit desires for it to do in our lives. And this ought to be one of the subjects, I believe, of a Christian's prayer. It's something we ought to pray for. Lord, help this book to have free course in my life. Help the preaching of your Word to have free course. Uh, And so he asks them to pray for that. And then he says this, Not only that the Word of the Lord may have free course, but that the Word of the Lord be glorified even as it is with you. And how, how does God glorify His Word? How does this book get glory? And I would say it this way. It gets glory by men seeing it lived out in our lives. That's how we glorify it. It gets glory by men seeing this book lived out in our lives. And notice as he says this, He says they would have free course and be glorified. And then he commends them. He said, even as it is with you. In other words, you guys are doing this. Keep it up. Keep it up. But he says, I want you to pray for this. Pray that the Word of God will have free course and that it will be glorified. And then I want you to notice, not only did he ask them to pray for the message, but he asks them to pray for God's deliverance, or gods we could put it this way, for God's protection on them while they're serving the Lord. And again, remember, this church specifically, and the Apostle Paul, (coughs) along with them, are being severely persecuted. Oftentimes, we feel like we're being persecuted, but the truth of the matter is, I don't know of anybody that's sitting here today that has truly been persecuted for the Lord's sake. We may have been ridiculed, we may have been made fun of, we may have even been threatened, but we have yet to suffer under blood, as the Bible talks about in Hebrews chapter 13. We've not yet suffered under blood. We've not had to give our lives. We've not had to stand the beatings. We've not had to be imprisoned for the sake of the gospel. And so Paul is saying here, uh, in verse number 2, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Uh, two, two different people to be protected from here. One of them are the unreasonable ones, and one of them are the wicked ones. The unreasonable ones try to logic their way. They think that they have a better way, and they are trying to uh, prove that you're wrong and they're right. The wicked, they don't care whether they're wrong or right. They are out to do you harm. And so Paul asked for protection from both of them, that God would deliver them. And so uh, there are two things he asked for them to pray about. Number one was the message. And the second is for deliverance. And when it came to the message, he asked for it to have free course and to be glorified. And when it comes to the protection, he says, I want to ask that you pray that we're delivered from unreasonable men and also from wicked men. And then he goes on to say this, For all men... Have not faith. Pretty much, uh, we, we may know who the unreasonable men are. Most of us don't know who the wicked men are too many times, who are, are just bent on just harming us for the sake of harming us. Although there are some in this day. But uh, Paul says, I want you to pray for us in this. I would say this, that all of those are things I believe that in the day we live, we should be praying for. We should be praying for the message of God to go forth, Uh, and to be unfettered, to go forth uh, unhindered, and be able to have free course and free reign to do as it wants to do, uh, and as the Holy Spirit wants it to do, and that it would be glorified. We need to be praying for that. We need to be praying for us to be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. But then there are, are three other things that Paul tells them that he just wants them to know. He wants to remind them of it. And I would say this, there's very little that we teach or preach from Scripture that most Christians don't already know some in some way or another. There's a lot of preaching that we do is by way of remembrance. And the reason we do that is because we're prone to forget. And uh, we allow things to cloud our judgment and cloud our minds and we forget so often. So he's going to teach them some things here in verse number 3 and following that are really not new, uh, nor are they profound, but they certainly are needful. And uh, look, at, it says in verse 3, He says, but the Lord is faithful. It's very important for them to know uh, that the Lord is faithful. And there are two things that he says that the Lord is faithful in. Number one, he's faithful uh, to establish you. He says, who shall establish you? We talked a little bit in the earlier service about being steadfast and being anchored to some things. Uh, We certainly need to know this book and to embrace this book. But when it was all said and done, we need to have the power of God to help us remain steadfast. We need to seek for the Holy Spirit to help us uh, in His might, in His power, to establish us or to keep us from uh, wavering and from moving. And then He says, and to keep you from evil. So God is faithful in these areas. Uh, Every time we sin, it's not God's fault. Uh, By the way, most of the time it's not even the devil's fault. Whose fault is it? Ours, look in the mirror and raise your hand, okay? Uh, that's it. We're the ones that choose to sin. And yet God has given us, uh, and He is faithful in this area, to give us a way of escape every single time to keep us from evil. Uh, he, had, he reminds them too, in verse number 4, that they are to have confidence in the Lord. Remember when we talked earlier, uh, we were talking about the fact that they needed to be watchful and they needed to be working. If you'll remember from the earlier service, those were two things that were very important. That they be watchful and that they be working. And then verse number three, we find the watchfulness as we're trying to stay away from evil. We use uh, the Lord is uh, faithful to help us in that area. But then uh, in verse number four, we find this idea of working, that we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you, sh- you both do. And then I want you to notice this. Not only that they were to do the work of the Lord, but they were to do it in the future too. So not just right now, but on down the road. Look what he says in verse 4. And we have the confidence in the Lord touching you that ye both do now and will do the things which we command you. Now again, remember that Paul is the one speaking here. He's doing so under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. So he's charging them to do the things that were commanded to them through Scripture through the things that were inspired by the Word of God. And so, uh, there are two parts here with regards to confidence. The confidence of God allows us to presently do what we're doing and will allow us to continue to do the things that we're doing. Uh, Paul also wrote another portion of Scripture, uh, And be not weary in well-doing, for in due season ye shall reap if ye faint not. And the idea of continuing in that labor and in that service. And that comes from confidence in the Lord. Uh, one of the things that I think is, is a travesty is that we do not seek for or pray for the power of God on our, on our work and on our labor as much as we need to. To be dependent upon God doing the work through us. His strength, His might, His power doing the work through us. <coughs> we get out here and we labor and we serve out of obedience oftentimes. We're charged in the church services by a pastor and and by the preaching of the Bible that we are to go out here and we're to go into all the world and we're to preach the gospel, we're to labor in the fields, and over and over in Scripture we find that. But when we do so without the confidence, without the reliance, without the dependence on the Lord, and we go about trying to do it in our own power, in our own strength, in our own might, I promise you every time, without exception, at best we will be frustrated in ministry. And before long, if that is not remedied, it's not long before you'll burn out in that ministry. And you won't see a whole lot of fruit. I'm thankful that the Word of the Lord uh, can work in spite of us and our motivation. But oh, how much better it would be if it could work because of us. Where we would labor, not because we have to, but because we get to. Where labor is not a drudgery that we, we schedule into our books and say, boy, that's, let me go ahead and hurry up and get that done so I can get that out of the way for the week. Where the, the labor for the Lord becomes the thing that becomes the joy of our hearts and the joy of our lives. Because we're resting in Him. We're letting Him do the work through us. There's a peace that comes from that. There's a confidence that comes from that. And that's what Paul's speaking of here. He's saying that we have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things we command you. And then verse number 5, he says, And the Lord direct your hearts in the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. So three things he wants you to know. Number one, the Lord is faithful. Because He's faithful, He's going to establish you and He's going to keep you from evil. Number two, uh, there was a confidence that Paul had in them. A confidence, he says, that was in the Lord. That they would do and that they will do the work of the Lord. That by this confidence in the Lord, trusting in the Lord for these things, that not only will you be able to do them now, but you will be able to continue to do them. And thirdly, he says, I want you to know that God directs your hearts. God directs your hearts. And He does so in two areas. He directs our hearts into the love of God. I believe that that deals with two facets. First of all, our love for God. Our love for God which also is a motivating factor, our love for others because of our love for God. So the Lord direct our hearts into the love of God. And then he says, and into the patient waiting for Christ. And again, remember why this book was written. Uh, These folks thought that the resurrection and the the, uh, tribulation, all that was coming right then, and they they were ready for it to happen. And Paul's saying, you need to do so patiently. Don't get ahead of the don't get the cart ahead of the horse. Don't 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 jump ahead of God. Be patient and wait on it and be watchful for it, waiting for the return of Christ. That that thought in and of itself motivates us two ways. It motivates us to live the right way, and it motivates us to serve the right way. Both of them are necessary because we don't know when the return of the Lord is. I need to be living right and I need to be serving right. So, two things that Paul said I want, to, I want to ask you to pray for us about. And he said, there's three things I want you to know. The two things to pray about is that the Word of God uh, would have free course and be glorified. The message. The other one was that they would be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. Then the three things he wanted them to know is, the Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. By the way, I know we know that, but how often we forget it in a particular circumstance. The Lord is faithful. He will establish you and He will keep you from evil. And he says, I, secondly, I want you to know that I have confidence in the Lord that you both do and will do the things we command you. And then thirdly, He said that the Lord would direct your hearts in the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. And that was a short message this afternoon. Y'all might have time for a Christian nap this, this morning, this afternoon. So let's stand and we'll be dismissed in prayer. And we'll make up for it on Wednesday night, okay? Now that I know I've got an extra half hour to preach Wednesday night, we can do that. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for your word and its instruction to us. And Lord, I know we've